0: what's up everyone hope everybody is having an absolutely tremendous Monday I certainly am welcome back to the Dentist who invest podcast for another exciting episode We're on episode number forty eight now I creeping up to fifty I'm gonna to have to think of something special to commemorate that milestone we have a tremendous guest with us today you may have met him on the group he's a very active one there he's always got lots of questions and insight about investing and he's out a bite too because he's got Quite a few dental courses on composites, aesthetics, and he is the owner and runner of Scottish Dental Club. So please welcome our esteemed colleague, Dr. Tariq Bashir. How are you, Tariq?
1: Yeah, good. Thanks, James. Thanks for having me on. Um, you know, honored to be part of the, the podcast series. Um, oh,
0: mate, the pleasure is all mine. Welcome, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for giving up some of your day to come and appear. Tariq, I think a lot of people know you in the dental world, but just in case anybody out there listening doesn't know you, would you like to do a little bit of an intro about yourself, you, when you qualified, your Scottish Dental Club, etc., all of those things?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so my name is Tarek Bashir. I'm a general dentist based up in Glasgow at the Visage Clinic, um, which is part of uh, Plus Platinum uh, Clinics. I've been part of the clinic um, since 2008. I qualified in Glasgow in 2005 uh, um, and did my MFDS and um, did some SHO posts. Initially, wanted to go down the kind of restorative specialist route and then um, stumbled upon, you know, going into practice and have stayed in the practice since then. I've, I've kind of done a lot of courses nationally, internationally as well, um, in restorative, aesthetic dentistry, dentistry, um, did some um, work with uh, the Koi Centre um, in Seattle over the last few years and became a graduate of the Koi Centre, which is um, focused on occlusion and treatment planning. Um, and then just last year, I um, um, achieved my Master's in Endodontics um, through the University of Chester and Simply Endo. Um, and now run my own courses on composite, um, anterior composites, And also founded the Scottish Dental Study Club with my wife, uh, Saima. Um, And so we've been doing that for the last three years. And we always have kind of guest speakers up, um, you know, um, speaking on endo, oral surgery, rubber dam, isolation. We've had international speakers as well and got lots of plans for the next year.
0: Congratulations, my friend. That is quite the CV. Hats off to you. And Tariq, that was actually why I wanted to get you on. Today, because I wanted to talk about how we as dentists can start our own course, because I know that there's that—that that is the the aspiration for lots of us. Uh, a lot of dentists out there, I want to share their knowledge via the vehicle of a course. And for someone who's been there and done that, I think you have a lot of wisdom to share on that matter. We're still in Side Gigs Month, just barely, because we've got two days left. And I thought that this would be a nice way just to put a hat on it, so that you can share share your experiences and maybe even give us some actionable steps for dentists out there who want to create a course because there is no I don't think there's a manual really you just kind of go for it it's just kind of hearsay and you sort of wing it and figure it out along the way or am I missing something Tariq is there is there some resource or some help that you you got or did you just kind of kind of go for it what was your journey like I mean to be honest I um, I never kind of planned to do this and um honestly mm-hmm. kind of
1: started off um I think I did a lecture um, for, you know, um, some local dentists as part of like a, you know, in the op- open evening for the practice and then um, got asked to do kind of like a VT lecture um, by one of the local VT advisors. Um, then started to do a hands-on day for them, for anterior composites and do a lecture. From that, then um, kind of kind of sprouted into a kind of day course for dentists um and so it's it's kind of focused all on anterior composites in my course um in the process of developing a second day which is more advanced anterior composite you know um, techniques like diastema closure um black triangles um you know any kind of tooth wear type cases so, yeah, I mean, there wasn't any kind of, um, nobody, nobody that kind of guided me into it. I just kind of fell into it and then kind of started to develop it. And to be honest, I got a bit of a push from my wife because I think if she hadn't kind of, um, you know, uh, told me to, you know, do it, you know, I probably wouldn't have because she's like, you've got the skill and, you know, people want to learn. So you should really make up a course and, you know,
0: um, you know, uh, you know spread that knowledge. Everyone needs a cheerleader. Everyone needs a cheerleader. That's for sure. Awesome so tariq when you were speaking about starting your course how did those early course days look you know was it was it was there ever like a big moment that you were kind of you were scared you were on the precipice of going into the the unknown uh, how did that look for you how did you manage that how did you overcome that fear
1: yeah I mean initially um, doing um, courses obviously in for example, public speaking it wasn't something that I was always comfortable with, and to be honest, in the kind of very first few courses, um, you know, found it quite nerve wracking, um, as I'm sure most people do. Um, but like anything, the more you do, the, the more comfortable you get with it. The more, you know, the, the, the content side wasn't an issue because uh, you know I've been doing this type of work for over a decade, and you know I know what I'm doing and how you know why I'm doing it. It was just trying to convey that, and you know, to ensure that I'm a a good teacher, so that people can actually learn and you know, then use these skills and practice.
0: Well, it's a growth thing, isn't it? You know, and you never grow in that respect until you find yourself in that situation. You know, you really, really don't. It's about putting yourself out there, and the person that you become when you can speak on stage and you can convey this message of whatever you like it's an incredible thing it's a gift it really is and i'll tell you something else as well what i've noticed when you teach other people you actually become much more knowledgeable yourself because people ask you questions the most fundamental questions that you just sometimes have never thought of and then you have to go right back and think why do i do this what does this mean why does this look like this etc and yeah it's part of the process it's part of the fun and that's one of the rewarding aspects of it too is that you become better at your subject. That's what I've noticed anyway. What do you think?
1: Yeah, that's to be honest. I'd say that's hundred percent true because you know, on, on a course, for example, somebody asked me a question um, and I'm not sure about you know the answer. I would go and find out why I don't know or you know what what the answer is or if I don't know, then I would ask somebody um, and you know you know find out for them. Um, but yeah, you're right. It makes you question why you do things and you know why you don't do it a certain way or why you use a certain technique. Uh, but yeah, definitely, you know, and that's why I, I enjoyed um, doing the kind of visiting GDP clinics in the dental hospital a few years back. The students would ask, you know, well, why is this? And well, why, why why would you not do it this way? And you'd think, why is, that? is it? Is it because I've always been taught this way? Or is it is it actually any evidence behind what we're teaching and doing? So yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the, as you start to teach something, you kind of learn a lot yourself as well. Um, and you pick up a lot from the other people, you know, that, that, that you're teaching because everyone's got different experiences and different, different, you know, knowledge, um,
0: you know, and I think we all learn from each other. I suppose a lot of people who want to start courses, probably one of the biggest barrier holding them back is, but am I ready? They say to themselves, am I ready to start my course? Do I have the knowledge? Do I have the skills? Am I at the level where I can be seen as a credible teacher? What's your rules of thumb on that one? When when are we, when are we ready to teach? I think um if there's a topic that you're you're
1: really kind of passionate about and you you you're sure that you know you've you completely kind of immersed in that subject, then I think you you know um you know speak to colleagues and you, you ask their opinion, you know, um what they think and you know maybe kind of start small, you know, by doing say like a, a lecture for your practice or for a group of practices um you know or like a local study club um, and you know take it from there Um, because obviously it's a big step just going from not doing anything to starting to do a course for say 15-20 people which is a it's a massive step not only you know in terms of kind of speaking um, and teaching to that kind of group but also to kind of actually run a course so that
0: people kind of get the most out of it. Real quick guys, I've put together a special report for dentists entitled the seven costly and potentially disastrous mistakes that dentists make whenever it comes to their finances. Most of the time dentists are going through these issues and they don't even necessarily realize that they're happening until they have their eyes opened. And that is the purpose of this report. You can go ahead and receive your free report by heading on over to www.dentistuinvest.com forward slash podcast report. Or alternatively, you can download it using the link in the description. This report details these seven most common issues however most importantly it also shows you how to fix them. I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts. How do you feel about your decision to start your course? How has it panned out? How has it been for you as a person as an individual? Was it a good decision bad decision in retrospect? How do you feel?
1: No, I, th- I think um, on the whole it's been a good decision, and I'm glad I've done it. Um, I, maybe I wish I'd kind of done it, you know, sooner, um, because I think if I hadn't been kind of, um, you know, my wife hadn't encouraged me to do it, I probably I maybe still probably wouldn't have done it. <laughs> um, but I'm glad I'm glad I've done it because I do enjoy doing the courses, and I enjoy teaching um, colleagues and seeing them kind of develop and, and then get messages from you know. From say two or three months later saying you know thanks very much you know um, i'm doing x y and z now and you know picked up a lot of stuff that i'm using now in practice and they'll send me pictures of their cases and it's good to see that
0: what i've noticed about these sorts of things is when you put yourself out there and you create a business or you put yourself out there in social media you kind of have this yeah you, you you envisage it to be a certain way and you envisage it to be, you know, you kind of don't really think about the full benefits of it. You only really think about, oh, it would be really cool to have loads of followers. Um, it would be exciting. It would be interesting. Maybe it's a bit of an ego thing. Um, maybe there would be money in it. But there's lots of ways that for me personally, it's helped me as an individual, whether that be through relationships, networking, even just the positivity, like you've said, of someone reaching out and saying, oh, hey, I really like the podcasts. you know. For you, you've given a, us a little bit of a glimpse because you said, oh, it's really nice. Like three months later, people just message me out of the blue and they say, oh, this, this really helped me. I did this case the other day and it looked wonderful, etc." What were the greatest benefits to beginning your course that you never imagined would be the, be even possible or be things that would happen to you before you undertook it? Uh, I mean,
1: looking back now, even, like, for example, on, on the course of even, or even afterwards, you know, even small th- things that I thought were kind of small things that I, I kind of take for granted and do every day, um, it's new to, you know, some people, you know, they, they, they appreciate, you know, being taught a new skill. And it was just, even for example, the way you would kind of finish and polish a composite or, you know, the way I, I would kind of layer it or the, the way I would choose the shade. They're like, oh, I didn't know that or I'd never come across that. But that's that's been really, you know, useful for me in my practice and made things a lot easier. You know, just 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 small things that, you know, I thought everyone knows um, and there wouldn't be any point in teaching. But it's just, it just kind of shows you everyone's got different kind of insight and different experience. And, you know, just kind of trying to kind of um, make sure people get the most out of that.
0: What's the workload like? Because I know that that would be something that might be considered or perceived to be a barrier for a lot of people who are on the fence or umming and eyeing about making a course is it uh, my, my guess is that the very first time you launch one there is a heck of a lot of work creating the content but after that things are somewhat more streamlined because the bulk of the work has already been done
1: what was it like for you yes yeah, so i mean in the initial um it's kind of starting of the course is it's difficult because you need to get a lot of cases together, look, need to get obviously a lot of content together, create a presentation, um, make sure everything's kind of flows correctly. Um, so I mean, my Say so you've got kind of four or five hundred slides, um, you know, it, it takes a long time to kind of create that. I'm sure it took me maybe about six months or so to, wow. to get that kind of first course kind of all kind of up and ready. And you know, people sometimes don't, I think, realize how much work goes into it because you're just maybe doing this in the, in the evenings and weekends um, and then taking photographs of cases or, or, you know, typodonts, doing stage by stage and doing, you know, photos of each stage, um, getting the lighting right, get, getting the angle correct. So it's kind of painstaking kind of work, I think, trying to get it all correct. Um, but you're right, after obviously you've got that kind of first time kind of set up, then from, from that onwards, it's you know, it's much easier because, you've got that kind of flow and you know, you know, you're basically kind of just kind of repeating that process every time, but then you've got the kind of admin side um, of it as well. Um, you know, you know, for example, getting CPD certificates, getting feedback forms, getting registrations um, working with different kind of suppliers, different trade, different venues. Um, so it's a lot of kind of stuff in the background that you need to kind of do to get
0: everything um, correct as well. I'll bet. I'll bet there is. Sometimes it is possible to create a course that there's two ways to do it, really. You can get all your ducks in a row at the start before you've even launched the thing. Mm. Or you can just create it week on week if you feel like you want to live a little bit more dangerously. There's there's pros and cons to each because if you create it week on week, you can modify what you're going to place in terms of what you're going to put in there in terms of content based on what people have said the week before and you can adapt it. And whilst you can do that with the first approach as well, what I mean is you haven't wasted any effort because you can tailor it even more. Yeah. And not a lot of people are aware that you can do it that way. But naturally there's, it can mean that there's sometimes late nights and a, a lot of work to do but if it's a little more last minute But there's pros and cons to each. I don't know what balance you struck when you were creating yours. Did you have it all ready to go, or did you just change it week on, or did you just create it week on week? The only reason I ask is because a lot of people think that you have it, you have to have it all ready to go before you begin. But you actually don't, and there's actually sometimes merit in doing that rather than just being seen as somebody who leaves it to the last minute. There's actually a, there's actually some positive reasons why you may do that. I don't know how that looked for you were you very scrupulous were you did you ensure entirely that you had everything ready to go from the out, as soon as the course was launched or how did that look for you
1: um I mean I think you need to strike a balance um because you know I think it, you know you can get have most of the course ready say like 90
0: 95% yeah um,
1: and I think that's what mine was like, maybe kind of almost uh, everything where I wanted it. But then you kind of slightly tailor it each week as well. Yeah, for a few weeks because, for example, you might kind of you know somebody might kind of give you feedback on maybe you should include this, or um, and then you think, oh, when you're presenting, you think maybe you should take that that case out because it doesn't make sense there, or just change the way change the order. So I'm always kind of open to doing things like that, um, just to kind of um, because you you always you know every time you do it, I think you kind of find ways to improve it. Um and I think you need to kind of continually do that and always assess things because if you, you can't just be so rigid and you know think the course is perfect, you know. Um, because I think there's always kinda of room for improvement and it's good to kinda of take on
0: feedback. You do. It's an iteration cycle. It's just like anything. It's like a product cycle except for a course. And it's always going to be something that evolves and grows and becomes even better with time. It just has to be at that minimum level where the The delegates are happy and they feel like they've got good value for their money. And then if you're able yeah. to just consistently hit that level every time from the get-go, making it better and creating even more value, there's a huge amount of satisfaction in that. There'll be lots of people listening to this who are wanting to start courses, maybe in the near future or in the distant future, but at some point it's an aspiration of theirs. What would you say to those people who are umming and eyeing and thinking about it? if thinking about if it's right for them or it's something they want to do, what would you say to those people?
1: Yeah, I think, I think if, if you've got an idea for a course and you think, you know, obviously there's a different demand for it or a need for it, then, you know, and you, you know, your subject matter inside out, then you should definitely look at, you know, teaching it to others and, you know, you know, you know sharing that knowledge. Um, because, you know, we've all got, you know, knowledge that we can share and help others with, um, I think the, the most important part is that you need to kind of know, you know, the subject matter uh, well because you need to kind of be comfortable with what you're teaching, um, and not just do it because you think you know you should do it. You, sh- you should do. It. I mean, it's hard to maybe sometimes know yourself 100. percent Whether you're ready, but speak to colleagues that you trust, your know, friends that you trust, and you know, get 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 their opinion. Maybe for example, test out on them, and um, get a group of you know six or seven colleagues in your practice or your you know people that were friends from uni, etc. And say to them, I'm going to teach this, what do you think? And just go through your lecture with them or go through your format and see what people think. Get, get, get feedback, I think. Um, almost like a little fo- kind of focus group before you, know, you, you start it up.
0: There's a school of thought that says if you know a subject really well, then it's, it's your duty or your obligation to share that knowledge with others <laughs> rather than keep it all to yourself. Yeah. And that's a really helpful way of turning on its head whether or not someone should do a course, whether or not someone should create a course. I believe it's actually your obligation. If you have a level of knowledge past a certain degree that would help a lot of people that really rightfully, it should be the case that you should feel obligated to go out there and share. So to me, that's a nice way of flipping things on its head and inverting our mindset on that one. So I hope that yeah. resonates with somebody. If anybody's listening that that might resonate with, that might be helpful. There'll be someone out there who's an expert in their field who perhaps doesn't have a program. And uh, yeah, the 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 fact is that probably what you have inside your head could help a lot of people. So that's a nice way of looking at it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I've heard that kind of saying before, you know, knowledge increases by sharing it, you know. Um and not, not saving it, you know, for example, so if you've got some knowledge that you can share, that will increase your knowledge. And, you know, like what we were saying before, you, you know, we learn from others as well. And, you know, every time you do a course or you, you kind of do a kind of presentation, you know, you'll learn from um, other people in the audience or on the, on the course. You know, people ask you questions and you know, I think it kind of works both ways. So I think, you know, definitely I think there's a kind of, a, there is something we kind of should strive to.
0: I honestly believe that most people have something inside their head that could help others. Even if someone thinks that they haven't really got a body or a field of knowledge, if there's an experience that you've been through that you overcame, someone else somewhere will be going through that. It's just having the platform to be able to communicate with those people. But that's why social media can be so great, because it's given us this platform to reach out to these people that hasn't existed for all that long in human history and that's why it's flipped on its head (laughs) these these last this last year what i've seen what i've learned and growing growing dentists who invest it's flipped on its head how i looked at social media i never really thought it was that positive a thing but now there now i see it as if you know where to look there's a lot of positivity there you know what i mean it's not just fake news and conspiracy theories and stuff like that there's a lot of people out there who want to connect want yeah. to know what you know and you can help a lot of people you just have to look in the right places
1: yeah no definitely i think kind of social media a lot of the kind, of, i mean the the, the the dental groups obviously that are, that are out there there's pros and cons to being part of them because sometimes you know it's just the kind of same stuff and people are just moaning <laughs> But I think, I think there's a lot of kind of you can help others and you know for example somebody may be going through a bad time or an experience or mental health issues and stuff and you know we've all kind of been there been associates been worked in practice had a complaint about a patient and so i think we can all kind of help each other that way as well and i think that definitely kind of um you know has a big kind of you know um bonus to it
0: positive definitely what are you as as regards to marketing your course and social media do you are you someone who uses social media a lot or how is that how do you spread the word
1: um, to be honest, yeah, I mean, um, we've got an Instagram page for the study club, um, and you know, we, use, we 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 do kind of share stuff on that. Um, but a lot of the kind of courses, um, I I feel, are just kind of down to kind of word of mouth, um, and you know, just people will visit the kind of the website, um, and you know, see so see the courses on there. Um, and so yeah, I think I think I think it's a lot of kind of word of mouth um, because. You know, we, we've been running the courses for about three years now so you know they kind of um, you know people come on a course and then they'll look at other courses that we run and other speakers we get up uh, up to Glasgow so um, yeah it's, it's, it, I mean they don't, they don't kind of market it any, any other way it's just on, on, on Instagram and Facebook
0: oh okay that's cool so in in, the 20, in 2021 there can't be too many courses and things you purely rely on word of mouth but I suppose it's testament to the quality really there must be a lot of happy customers
1: yeah, thankfully, you know, I hope most people are happy that I come to our courses and, uh, you know, I hope that it kind of stays that way. And we always kind of, the, our main aim at the beginning when we set up the study club um, uh, was to kind of try and ensure that our courses are the highest standard in terms of venues, food, um, you know, the, the speakers, the facilities, um, just to kind of ensure that everyone's kind of getting the best value um, and the kind of best experience um from the courses um you know been to courses before and you know evening study clubs in the past where you know you get kind of soggy sandwiches and or just tea and coffee and you know and then you go home and you want to kind of have uh, you know you have dinner again but you know so on our, on our kind of evening study clubs we, we ensure people get a full buffet they're happy with the kind of the quality of the speaker quality of the food so it's basically it's a networking experience as well um and from that, that that's how we initially started was just doing evening seminars and getting guest speakers to do an evening lecture um and then from that we started doing kind of full day courses because that's what the feedback was
0: that's what they kind of demand um, tremendous that's... tremendous and you started scottish you've obviously started dentist dental scottish uh, scottish dental study club uh, as you mentioned at the start as well what was the inspiration behind that
1: uh, to be honest, it was initially kind of a few younger colleagues had asked me to kind of um, go through some cases with them, um, and you know, may have maybe get have a get together um, and you know do, do, do this maybe kind of every kind of few weeks. So the very first one we actually had, um, it was like kind of a small kind of group, maybe about twenty people, um, and we had a kind of get a guest speaker, who's um, uh, who's actually one of my patients, who's a medical legal. Um, QC. Um, So he's a barrister um, and he's specialising in in medical negligence and he does kind of lectures for the Royal College, etc. So he offered to kind of do a a lecture on consent and ethics for me um, a while back. So I I kind of took up up on his offer for this. Um, So we did kind of half of the evening was on um, case discussions and the other half was on consent and ethics. So that went down really well. um, But I, I, then we did another one, um, and then I found that people weren't really bringing in cases, and people just wanted to kind of come in and listen to a guest speaker. So we started to just organise, um, you know, a guest speaker every two or three months, um, and
0: you know, take it from there. To be honest, that's awesome. And ho- you might have said this, but how long ago was that? So the very first one, this was in February twenty eighteen. This is when we started. Oh, I see. Okay. So um... We didn't
1: we didn't do much last year, obviously because of COVID. Um, so only kind of February and March we had things last year but then after that nothing was kind of running
0: And Scottish Dental Study Club has a portal online and members and etc and things like that does it?
1: Yeah I mean there's, there's not a member kind of, kind of It's not there's no membership
0: because
1: um, yeah. we, we we did think about this in the past and, and obviously this would kind of give like you know a, a kind of a, a more um a better some kind of income obviously to do a kind of membership scheme but to be honest that in, from my own experience that's what it used to put me off joining you know a lot of kind of committees and organisations and things so I didn't I didn't want it to be kind of for there to be any hurdle for anyone to kind of to come to our courses gotcha. so it's, it's open to everyone um, so it's, it's um and you can go on that and obviously kind of see what's on
0: there that's awesome so it's a bit Dentinal tubules have went down the the other avenue, haven't they? Because they have a membership, but I guess it's two ways to skin a cat. But you're if, what I've always my 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 concept or how I'd imagine Scottish Dental Scottish Study Club was it's the Scottish version of Dentinal Tubules. <laughs> is that is that about right? Have I got yeah, the right end of the stick?
1: Yeah, but yeah, probably yeah, but it's it's all it's all kind of live events. So for example, we, we did do some webinars during lockdown for charity. And we had, you know, um, some kind of kind of, kind of, kind of well-known names, um, like Pascal Manier, did the lecture Oh for wow! Us. Yeah, wow. Victor Sharapov, you know, um, Sarah Token and a lot of uh, UK-based speakers as well. So this was just for, this was for charity for Glasgow Women's Aid, um, which is a domestic violence charity. So we kind of raised about five thousand pounds for them last year, um, doing this, um, just for just for over
0: Nice, all for a good cause then. Awesome.
1: But but apart from that, all of our events are kind of face-to-face on uh, rather than online because I don't think anything kind of beats kind of, you know, face-to-face introduction and kind of actual feedback on courses.
0: I think as well as that, what I was going to say was when you start something like, let's say your course or Scottish Dental Study Club, it's for me and Dentistry Invest, it's like, it's your baby. It's just different. You know what I mean? And it gives you so much energy and it's just a massive reason to get out of bed in the morning and it's a whole new lease on life. Yeah. I don't know if you feel that way. That's how I feel.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it makes obviously a density a bit more exciting. You know, I do a lot of mechanical work and enjoy that a lot. Um, but it's just, it's, um, it's different, I suppose, when you've got something else as well to kind of, um, you know, focus on. Um, and like yourself, I, I like being one of these people that are always busy and doing things people always wonder like how do you manage all this but you know you get you get through it and you know um i've obviously got a lot of support um with my wife obviously we kind of share the workload with the study club um so it definitely helps um but yeah it makes makes the job a lot more enjoyable i suppose
0: definitely and that is i suppose for me that's one of the greatest intangible benefits that i just enjoy doing it so much and i hope that strikes a chord to somebody who's listening because even if you do something and it's a side gig and you don't do it for the money or it is a business and you, you venture down that path and it's not that financially viable. There is even a huge amount of satisfaction and happiness that comes from just creating something that, you know, helps other people mm-hmm. and that you, it, it's like another way to share what information you have inside your head, what is important to you and the fact that other people pay attention to it or listen or are grateful, that is a massively, massively cool thing. And I, I absolutely love that aspect to it. And Tariq, you'll probably feel that way as well.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think if I, if I didn't enjoy doing it, I wouldn't be doing it because I think to do well at anything, like, I'm sure you know you have to enjoy it because otherwise it just shows that obviously, you know, you're, not, you're just doing it for, for you know, for the wrong reasons and you know i think if you enjoy something you, you that's what you'll excel at and i enjoy teaching what i do and you know that's why you know i'll keep pushing myself to kind of make you know all the courses as best as they can be it doesn't feel like work
0: to me that's the thing yeah. there is no distinction between what i do in my spare time and doing this because i just enjoy it so much and yeah when something makes you that happy it's worthwhile doing in itself even even if it's not you know, a business thing or to make money or, you know, a financial thing in any way. And yeah, that was why I started Side Gigs Month 2 is to get people to think outside the box and to give them a new that new lease on life, as I said. So yeah, this is this is actually a bit of a milestone because this is the final podcast in Side Gigs Month. Tariq, <laughs> and I wanted to have you on, like I say, just to put a hat on it because I want it, I want it to just have a diverse set of speakers who were speaking on lots of different things and have topics that I knew would strike a chord with lots of dentists. And I know for a fact there's lots of you out there who are interested in starting courses. And I thought, who better than Tariq, who's got a successful course and a successful Scottish Dental Study Club. And by the way, can I just say something as well? Tariq has some of the best pair of hands I have ever seen in dentistry. Okay, And Tariq hasn't asked me to say that saying that completely of my own accord check out his instagram account guys it's wonderful thanks so much james that's where came to of you oh mate it's um it's the work is really something it's really impressive so i think for you know, as, as far as having a course goes your delegates uh they've they've certainly got a good teacher and someone who practices what he preaches so to speak on that one so yeah awesome thanks very so much Check it out, guys. Tariq Bashir on Instagram. It really is, really is really good. Awesome. Thank you for your time today, Tariq. And like I say, rounding off Side Gigs Month with a very, with with yourself, such an eminent speaker and somebody who can speak um, from experience on starting his own course because of what you've been through. I would love if anybody was inspired by Side gigs month. I would love it if they could reach out to me and just let me know and just drop me a message. And, uh, yeah, I love those sorts of stories. It would be incredible to hear some. Um, no matter how that looks, no matter whether that's in dentistry, whether that's outside of dentistry, whether that's even taking up a new hobby, I love stories like that. So please feel free to drop me a message. Tariq, for anybody who's interested in your composite course or interested in learning more, is there a way they can get in touch with you? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram, and
1: um, so my Instagram's at doctor or just go onto our Study Club um, website, which is ScottishDentalStudyClub.co.uk. Um, so you can drop us an email through that, um, uh, or or through my own Facebook, which is it's Tarek Awesome! Thanks Thank for much, that. It. I really appreciate you having me on. Um, and you know, uh, uh, you know. It's, you know part of a great series and you know honored to be part of it thanks
0: oh my pleasure my friend thank you for giving up your time and i hope we meet in the flesh someday because this is not the first time that we've spoken over zoom and phone calls etc it's been quite a few times hasn't it really so it would be nice to meet you yeah definitely hopefully one day someday my friend someday brilliant Tariq. we're going to draw a line over under proceedings today is there anything that you'd like to say in conclusion to anybody thinking about starting their own course anything that you'd like to say just to wrap up
1: yeah, I mean, I think if you've got you know an idea, you, you you know you've got the knowledge and you want to kind of help others, uh, you should definitely look at you know so, you know doing something um, in some format to teach some you know some of your colleagues uh, either obviously online on YouTube um, or even in in-person course. And if you've got any questions, I'm more than happy for anyone to contact me. You know, if you've got any, if they want, if I can help in any. Way.
0: Brilliant, thank you so much. One thing I'll say on that, actually, just before we finish things today um if you're unsure as to whether your program or what it is that you what it what knowledge you have inside your head is actually going to resonate with a lot of people or just how many people will find it interesting what you have to say start a social media account along those lines whether that be an instagram or a facebook group or something like that and just see how it flies see how much interest you get and if you get enough interest past a certain point then you'll know that you have you'll have enough people there who can you can potentially you know help them via the means of a program or the course it's a nice easy way which is no cost apart from a little bit of time to find out whether or not something that you'd like to share will sink or swim or there'll be enough there'll be a significant enough amount of interest so just a thought for everybody just something that you might like to do if you're curious about whether or not you have a viable idea or notion in in your head that you've come up with. So yeah, I hope that helps some people. Cool. Right. Like I say, we're going to wrap things up today. Tariq, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been my pleasure to be the host. I hope to speak to you again very, very soon. Hope you have a tremendous day. Yeah. Thanks very much. Thanks so much. James. Take care.